Welcome to Human Potential at Work, the show where we explore social impact, inclusion, and empowerment of everyone, including persons with disabilities. Your host is Deborah Rue, CEO of Rue Global Impact and co-founder and chairwoman of Billion Strong, an identity and empowerment organization designed to bring billions of voices of persons with disabilities together. To join the global community and to donate to the cause, visit billion-strong.org. That's billion-strong.org. And now, on to the episode. Hello, everyone. My name is Deborah Rue, and I'm the CEO of Rue Global Impact, and I'm also the executive chair of Billion Strong. And I, my guest today is Jody Greer, and she is with Be People Smart UK, which I just love the name of her business. Uh, but before, and Jody and I have known each other a few years, and I will tell you, I met Jody after hearing a lot of leaders that I really respect in the industry talk about her and say, "Oh, Jody Greer, she's the oh, she," and she was working with Shell, I believe, at the time, and she just she. She seemed to come out of nowhere, um, and we were very impressed with what she brought to the table. So needless to say, I'm still impressed with Jody, and um, I'm looking forward to having a really in-depth conversation about where do we really go from here? Because, you know, I like to feature leaders all over the world talking about what they're doing, but I think we're to the point now, <laughs> where we really need to have a strategic plan for moving forward. And I believe Jody uh, is the leader to help us with that. So I'm going to um, do a quick visual description. I am a um, a mature uh, woman with gray and purple hair. And today I'm wearing blue and I have on blue glasses and um, uh, just a little, you know, just having a chill day on a Monday. So, um, Jody, welcome to the program. Do you mind giving a visual description and also explaining to the audience a little bit about who you are? Yeah, no problem, Deborah. And obviously, thanks for having me on. So, um, I am white, I'm female, I am wearing glasses so I can see clearly today. And I also have um, purple hair, but it's not quite as vibrant as Deborah's. And it is down today. So for everyone that can see me, I probably look a little different to when you see it me. It looks the time. great, though. I love it. It's like a fuchsia purple, which I think is very pretty. And your hair looks very straight and pretty today, which I admire because my hair is always out of control. So. <laughs> So, I mean, what can I say to add on to what you've said? I mean, you're like a legend in the disability inclusion world, Deborah. So thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. Um, yeah, disability inclusion has been my passion for longer than I can remember. And accessibility kind of builds into that as well. So I'm just so, so passionate about the world moving in the right direction to actually make it fit for people, because unfortunately, it's only fit for right. some people. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much my goal in life is to put human centricity wow, back into business. That's a pretty powerful thing. Now, why, why Jody, did you, why do you care about the community? And, and I know in some ways it, this question, um, maybe I shouldn't ask because I think sometimes people get the perception that people are only part of this community if you've been impacted by this community. And I don't think that's always true. But at the same time, it is interesting to see how people got where they are today, you know, and so. 
Yeah, actually, it's a really good question because people are often surprised because of how much I do. They're surprised that I don't have a disability, um, but I don't. And it's just something even literally, I won't go too far into it, but dating right back to early childhood where I was like a translator in my classroom for a friend with a speech impairment. And it used to frustrate me. I was the child, they were the adults. If you just pay a bit of attention, you could hear for yourself. Um, so right from then, it's just something I've really been passionate about. And that inclusion genuinely matters to me. But I think the reason disability has always been my big thing is because as a protected characteristic, using the technical term, it still gets the absolute least focus. And in a lot of organisations, even who profess to be diverse and inclusive, they often don't actually right. look at disabilities at all. And if they do, they're looking at it very, very, very narrowly focused. And Yeah, and unfortunately, often ticking boxes rather than actually making the I agree. And I need. think, Jody, that sometimes maybe as we are all trying to solve these gigantic problems we have in the world, you know, um, maybe sometimes the consultants and the advocates, maybe we are actually making it worse. And I'm saying that respectfully to myself as a consultant, but I, um, I know that we try so hard to make sure we're included. And so it's like, okay, we're going to, we're going to create a index and we're going to create a checklist and we're going to create, oh, I know, public commitments from your CEOs. And and so you make a public commitment to me. And there's, gosh, there's some beautiful, beautiful, powerful activities happening. But and I remember when I I live in the United States and I was I sat on the board for it was USBL and it's now disability colon I N, disability in. And um I remember we were like, well, if we could just get the CEOs to the table, then we're done. And of course, I'm a huge supporter, a huge supporter of Dr. Caroline Casey and the Valuable 500 and the World Economic Forum and Paul Pullman, a huge supporter. And I know you are as well, Jody. I just am seeing, though, I also see other uh, public commitments happening here in the United States. Oh, all you have to do is agree that you join this equity. And now I'm I'm just actually starting to get discouraged in a way that the CEOs are in because it almost feels like it's so quiet. You sort of mentioned that um, as we got on air, and that was a good way to say it. And, and then just to make things more complicated, Jody, just while you're solving all of our problems, we also are confusing the heck out of uh, employers by saying, uh, make sure you're doing the DEI, and as you just said. Um, there are so many well-intended brands that think they're doing it all and and they're trying to do the check, but they don't really even understand how to do this. And so uh, it's a very complicated problem. And you come from a huge brand that we all wanted, what right, was, you know, well, you got all the money, fix the problems. Anyway, so this is what I wanted to talk about today, because I know whether or not you call yourself a strategist or not, I've seen the way you work through problems. And um, it just feels like as we're trying to solve our problems, we're, um, and maybe that's just the way progress happens. We're making things a little worse along the way, but then we tweak it. So I'm going to be quiet and let you talk for a while. <laughs> 
Yeah, you've just given me so much food for thought. Um, first of all, I mean, as you said yourself, I'm also a massive supporter of Caroline and Valuable. Um, and they're not the only organisation, but they are pretty wonderful, let's be honest. Um, but I think as well, I mean, coming from over 20 years in the corporate world, when you're talking about large organisations, I don't believe any senior leader, particularly a CEO of these organisations, are going to sign up to something they don't have absolute genuine intention for. But then there's the reality. You know, you've got these large organisations with complex structures and the people actually implementing change aren't the CEOs, they aren't their offices, and they're not even in silos. You, you may, for instance, have a diversity and inclusion lead and they may have a team, but then you've got your property team per location. Then you have your IT teams. So you know, split depending on what their actual roles and responsibilities are. There's so many people to actually help shift the needle within an organisation. It kind of has to start with their own culture. So it has to start with their organisational strategy. And yeah, I am also a strategist um, when it comes to disability inclusion. And that strategy is so important because that whole collaboration piece is essential if you're really going to achieve inclusion. And that's why I actually, I still often say diversity and inclusion, but that's where the E for equity or plays a massive part because it helps shift the mindset of people. Because often people will say to me, do you mean equality? And I said, no, 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 I mean equity. And just the other day, someone asked me to explain and I just said, well, in simple terms, equality is giving mm -hmm. every person a laptop, but equity is giving everybody a laptop with all the right equipment and software to make sure it works for them and they're like oh so you know I think that word plays a massive part um in that whole journey but yeah I just think it's not that organizations right. don't have intent it's making that intent into tangible actions and that is where those of us that have got all this experience you know tried and tested methods um it's where that comes in and like you talk about for instance shell and Yes, right. it's a very valuable business, but you have very stringent budgets. So, again, you know, it's understanding those complexities where even if it's a multi-billion dollar organisation, the budget for DEI isn't multi-billion dollar. You know, you, you're talking thousands at best, I guess, um, and that's for everything. You know, you've got all these different pillars You've also got, and I won't go into it too much, but intersectionality often gets missed because human beings do not fit nope, into nope, the nope, nope. We're trying, but so far we can't. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I think those complexities are really essential part of this sort of needle shift. Um, and that's where getting external support is actually a strength because with being in your kind of, you know, complex organization, and we know what can yeah, work. Yeah, and you know, also, I think something that I heard you say uh, um, as you were giving your message, and you didn't say this, but you did say this, and that organizations like uh, the Valuable 500, uh, which we both, once again, totally support, but what we cannot do, and this is one reason why I wanted to create Billion Strong, but what we cannot do is sit back and say, okay, come on, Caroline, come on, Caroline's team, come on, it's been almost two years, what you doing? What, but no, we actually have to help, which is why I committed to get as many as American companies as possible to join the Valuable 500, because it was scaring me that 
the American companies weren't joining because I am an American. I am proud to live in the United States, but I want us to be showing leadership. So, but for I've I've heard you know comments um, about different organizations about they need to come on, but the reality is it really should be all of us doing this. So I think you bring up such a valid point in that. Well, I you and I are on the same page as is in Carolyn. Caroline and so many others, but you got to have a strategy, got to work the strategy. You got to, you know, there, there are known business practices, but, but I think you bring up such a good point when you say these billion dollar companies, these, we have trillion dollar companies now, their budgets for, remember, listen to what Jody said, DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion and, and that's, remember, disability inclusion, we hope is part of DEI. Please, can we be part of it? So it's like you start really looking at it, and this is why people in our industry can't pay our bills. We can't. I mean, it's so sad to say that. I I actually have somebody that's, you know, just I just met, and they're looking at what I'm doing, and they're like, well, it's so cool, but how, you don't make any money though. And you haven't made money in a really long time. And you actually have put your own money. And it sort of makes me feel stupid, Jody, when they said that. And I was like, yeah, but don't we still have an obligation to make the world a better place? And shouldn't we help each other? Um, so once again, Let's make sure the Valuable 500 is successful because I'm working on the Billion Strong to identify our community. You have all kind of stuff you're doing. We're all doing it together. Is that, am I just as so naive? I'm starting to think I'm so naive. We can do this together, right, Jody? We definitely can do this together. As I say, it takes a village. So... You know, and we and we need to do this together. I mean, I know you and I have spoken several times about this, Deborah, but like, you know, we're coming from similar organizations. Um, yes, we've got bills to pay, like you. I've also invested my own money to try and make change happen. Um, but ultimately, you know, we're not competitors, we're peers. We're on this for the same thing. So, you know, I'd happily see the world truly inclusive, where equity is just a standard across all industries, and I'd have to find myself a new career. I'd happily do that. But sad fact is, I can't even see that in my lifetime. And so all we can do rather than look backwards is start to look forward and start to shift. But we do need organisations to show, you know, genuine willingness to shift with us, because these big organisations have got so much influence across their industries, across the amount of people that they employ, the amount of people they do business with, their customer base, it's huge. And so if they can work with us, we can shift that needle yes, so yes. much quicker. And you know, Jody, it, and this is really unfair what I'm about to do to you, but I'm going to do it anyway. So, um, but okay, we've talked about some of the problems, how discouraging the problems have been. I've had on my show before years ago uh, with Doug Fresta, my producer, we talked about why does society not, a, not want to pay people that are doing social good and social impact, social justice? We've, we've had these conversations. We all know that our world is changing dramatically, very quickly, intensely. Um, but what is the way forward, Jody? I mean, you created your company, if, if I remember correctly, it seemed like it was during the pandemic, which just seems like that's an odd time to do that, Jody. Um, <laughs> but 
you did it because you knew you felt you could really have an impact. And I know right out of the gate, you created your maturity model. And I was one of your advisors, but there were many others. And then you put the maturity model out there for free, which by the way, doesn't help you pay your bills. But so, uh, you know, why Jody? Why? So, yeah, I did jump ship from a very uh, successful corporate career in the middle of a pandemic, which um, raises eyebrows. But I did it because, first of all, I kept hearing from um, leaders in other organisations that they did want to get it right. Where do they start and where do they even get help to start? Because there's lots of help when you're on that journey. But to literally start from a blank page, they didn't know where to go. And I thought, you know what? There aren't many avenues for them to go to. So let me create one. So that was where Be People Smart really came in. Now, the maturity model, yeah, I spent a year of my life on this model because I've had it in my mind for a long time and I never had the sort of time and resource to actually get it put together because we we needed something granular. We needed something that wasn't ambiguous. It wasn't guesswork. You know, if you're looking at an area of your business, what does it actually mean to be at kind of this level of maturity? And how do I get better? What does that look like? And what what were my actions to get me there? And that's what I wanted. I wanted a maturity model to get out there that gave you all of that. So Mm. I decided to make one. So that is where, and thank you very much for all your uh, input along the way and for all the rest of the wonderful um, global panel. That is where you all came in, but... That is why the model is also out there for free, because I didn't want there to be any barriers. I'm finding organizations sometimes introduce their own barriers, but they're often coming across barriers of whatever description. You know, you need to sign up for membership and often pay for that before you can access this model. Or um, you at least need to register with us so we know you're using it. And then, you know, we're probably going to keep sending you emails to (laughs) to use this model. Um, or you can use this one, but actually it's only got three or four questions on it and you're not really sure what that means you're missing. So I was like, no, do you know what? I'm going to pull it out there. I'm going to pull it out there with no registration needs. You can just download it and I'm putting it out there completely free of charge. And I'll also add that the license on it allows for commercial use so that other consultants can use this with their clients. Um, And again, that was purely completely intentional because not as not just to really be about change making, but in other commercial markets where just being realistic around the world, where, you know, using a consultant from the UK is completely out of budget. It's not practical. You know what? You don't need to talk someone from the UK, but here's a tool created in the UK, if you like, that you can absolutely use. And then Get your local consultants to help you. The people that have got experience in this space, get people with lived experience to feed into it. All of that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, it's there. It's free. It comes with really clear guidance, which was also um, fed back on by the wonderful panel uh, to make it really easy for you to understand how that collaboration can work, how the ownership kind of fits in, um, how the differences work depending on how large or small your organisation is. Um, And you can look at different business areas in silos, but there's often overlaps and it gives you all of that kind of, you know, granular detail again. So it isn't as complex as it sounds, but I will be honest, it isn't a tick box exercise. 
it is a real maturity model to see how well you're doing now, where you can get to and how you get there. So what I would say is it does take some time commitment, but it gives you a tool right. to assess Right, and so you can, t- you can determine where your progress is. I know here in the States, you know, we, of course, use litigation to get people's attention. And I... Um, And and I have mixed feelings about that. I'm actually, part of me is very happy we do that because if you are not going to include us and that's what it's going to take, fine. I'll go call my friendly lawyer. But it, it also causes a real us and them situation, which is problematic. And then also there are very clever, smart, you know, consultants or B2B organizations that are like, hey, I know, just do this checklist over here. But one thing that I do like about what we're doing with litigation in the States is the judges and the lawyers, depending upon where it is in the stage, they actually can take a look at what you've already done. What have you done? What is your, as you said, Jody, what's the maturity model? Show me what you've put in place. What is your process? How are you working towards that process? Show me this. And we actually saw one of our very large universities in the United States that got sued. And by the way, good. I'm sorry, but you need to be accessible. But anyway, what men, it's like, I want to be practical, but they got sued. But what they did was they showed the court systems that are legal systems that they had a plan. They were actually working the plan. And yes, they've gotten this much progress done. And they showed that they were working the plan. And so the court said, the legal system said, okay, we are going to just give you one year to show us how much progress you can make on this. And they made so much progress. And I think that is the way you do it. I don't want to sue you. I, I mean, that's why we're weird in the States, but we're also wonderful. But that is how we make progress, Jody. And it's slow progress, but it's, you don't have to keep going back and having the same conversations. Anyway, let me turn it over to you to comment on. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have mixed feelings yeah. on um yeah, on this. Our stick, really because, the carrot and stick thing. <laughs> well, I think the reason I have mixed feelings is absolutely, if somebody isn't stepping up and they are putting barriers in your way, then, yeah, if that's your rec- you know, your only means of recourse, then definitely, you know, if they're not listening to you, you right. need to do something. The reason I have mixed feelings is I see in too many forums the likes of digital accessibility where someone will say, um, this particular button isn't great for a screen reader user because of X, but looking at WCAG, so the Web Content Accessibility Guidelines, technically it's compliant. So I think if it came to litigation, Correct. we would be able to cover ourselves. And, and again, this comes back to ticking boxes. Right? So for me, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be making changes or creating services or solutions to a bare minimum to not get sued. You should be doing these things because your employees and your customers mm. actually matter to you. And so you want to get it right. And you want to create a culture that's going to enable your business to have long-term success. That's what we should be driving for. Not if we tick this box, can we still get sued? Because it's just the wrong attitude to have. So I'm on a fence because I completely agree. If that's where you need to go, go, because right, that's how but, change can also happen. But is it is it really giving us the change we want? No, it's not. It's actually, and, and that's just, once again, 
that's just the way we do things. But it's actually caused quite a few it's, it's, it's had other problems associated with it. And like you said, then people think, okay, fine. I'll, I'll, let me just check these boxes so that if I get in trouble. So anyway, but I think there is actually very powerful ways to move forward. So let's talk about that a little bit, Jody, because one thing, and I'll say it on air, I really love the work you're doing and Rue Global wants to partner with you. Let's bring in the US and the UK. To, but this is, we are stronger together and we've got to help each other, but we want to acknowledge these are very complicated, nuanced topics. They just are. So Jody, if a brand came to you and said, okay, fine, tell me what, I, I, I'm part of the Valuable 500. Uh, I joined Disability In. I'm part of BDF. I'm just using some US, UK ones, but I'm part of the Australian network. But where do we even begin, Jody? What do, how do I know? And don't don't get my CEO in trouble, mate. So we don't want them to be embarrassed. These are the kind of things I hear. So I'm going to just ask you, how would you approach this? Because they are complicated. It's everything is complicated, and we are looking at this from cl- compliance lens in the states. And we are going to sue your customer, Jody, if they don't get it right in the state. Anyway, so your turn. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm going to sound a bit of a broken record, but for me, it genuinely does have to start with a strategic plan because you need to have something that you can work to and something that can, you can generate a roadmap from where your action plans can come from. Um, so it has to have that kind of overarching piece. It's also got senior level support. And I'm not just talking CEO. I'm talking about senior level support for all these different business areas that need to collaborate. So that's where that plan comes in because they have to effectively all put their hands on their hearts and say, yes, we get the value. Yes, we want to make the change. Then you start generating roadmaps. You know, what does that actually look like? And often for a large organization, you actually need one by business area and then you have someone coordinating the overlaps because there's always, you know, synergies. Um, And then the action plans come in. And I'm a big believer in quick wins as in not solely for quick wins but as in you know what can right. we literally do next week so what can we do by the end of this year even if you're talking 2022 what can we actually make happen in bed change by the end of 2022 and there are absolutely I mean you'll know Deborah but there are absolutely many things that can happen tomorrow literally so there are so many things you can do quite quickly it helps people understand that Actually, it's not so complex. I just needed some help to work it out. Um, and Yeah. And then you start looking at that long term strategy as well. Like, you know, where do we want to be at the end of next year? And at the end of the year after that, what's our five year plan? Because, yes, certain things are going to take longer to get into place. You know, if you needed to completely refurbish your building, for instance, that is a whole other thing. But that's where life cycles and all this other stuff comes into play. So. You know, people are realistic. It's if you've got genuine intent. So you haven't got a plan, pull it on an intranet somewhere and go and see, we're wonderful. You've got a plan because it is an active plan and you're working to it month on month. And you can see and share improvement. And I think that's the other thing. Often, even when organizations do achieve some good stuff, they might talk within their team. They kind of forget to tell people. 
So you've still got grumbling. And, and I don't and, know and, You know, bits. sometimes I think they're embarrassed to talk about it. And, and they're, uh, it's like, well, you know, we should have been doing it all along, Deborah. And it's like, oh my gosh, please, will you talk about it? Will you let me interview you about it? Because we need the success stories. And also, Jody, another thing I want to say, which I totally agree with, find the quick wins, but you probably already are accidentally accessible in some ways because accessibility is good design. So you've probably, whether you did it intentionally or not, you probably already have some good processes in place that are wins. So you're probably further along than you even realized anyway, but um, and I will say um, there is this one organization that I'm not going to say their name. It's a disability organization, very well known. And they have people with very significant disabilities there. And I said to them at one point, well, your website's accessible, right? Well, I mean, it, well, you're hiring candidates yourself with these disabilities, right? Since that's who you are. Well... I said, what? Well, I mean, we do have one that's a volunteer. I was like, so it, it, I, I just, this has got to be for all of us. It just can't be for those big, bad brands. So um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty, pretty interesting, but it really does go back to having a plan and working the plan. Sorry. Hello. I think another thing that um, certainly people and organisations often just don't consider until it comes to slap them in the face is that yes. disability doesn't discriminate. And it's the only pillar of diversity that any single one of us can find ourselves in tomorrow right. if we're not in it today. And it's though, so, I mean, I talk a lot about attracting and retaining talent. So, of course, getting that talent is important. And Newsflash, a lot of those talented mm -hmm. people are also disabled. Um, but the, you know, the retention's massive because if somebody's personal um, circumstances change, are you going to lose them because your culture and your services and your solutions and so on um, aren't fit for purpose? You know, get ahead of the game. Ah, but that is people smart. But people smart. <laughs> Jeez, it's me, people smart. I agree. Yeah. So. I agree. I agree. And <laughs> I think the audience can see why I appreciate you so much. But Jody, let's make sure that we tell the audience how to find out about the maturity model. How do they get in hold of you? How do they find about Be People Smart? And um, and also, I want to let you know, we also interviewed her on Access Chat, of course. So you've got a great interview out there on Access Chat as well. So Jody, how do people get hold of you and work with your company? Brilliant. Thanks, Deborah. So anyone who wants to find me, please do. Please reach out on LinkedIn. So Jodie Greer. Um, also, the Be People Smart website, which is bepeoplesmart.co.uk. And when you're on there, if you go to the Tools and Resources tab, the first resource you'll come across is the Disability Inclusion Maturity Model. And as I've said already, no barriers. Download it for yourself. Take a look. And it's, it's totally free. It's amazing. And um, what is the, so you said the website, you're on social media. Um, the maturity model is very easy to find. And um, I know you also are very, very engaged in the community and the industry. So I know you're very engaged with the IAAP and others. So you are really a leader to be watched. And I d definitely, definitely appreciate you. So Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. you. Well, we're, I just continue to think we're all stronger together and it's painful change, but 
we must do it. So uh, once again, Jody Greer, um, bepeoplesmart.co.uk, right? All right, cool, cool. And we'll also, I know I'm so proud of myself. I will also provide the links and stuff, but thank you to the audience. Thank you to you, Jody, and special thanks always to my wonderful um, producer, Doug Foresta from Workforce 180 that is supporting us. So, um, and we'll talk to the audience later. Bye, everyone. You've been listening to Human Potential at Work. To learn more about Rue Global Impact, visit rueglobal.com. And to learn more about Billion Strong, an identity and empowerment organization designed to bring the billions of voices of persons with disabilities together, you can join the global community and donate at billion-strong.org. That's billion-strong.org.